for Spooky, the Spooky Podcast. Chris L. Dillon and Shane K. Whitty. Woo! How about that new theme song you just heard? I know, right? Right. And that in the groove for some spooky some spooky the spooky podcast and that new theme song was made especially for our podcast by our good friend Chris Frain who he also constructed the music that we've used up until now and then he made these ones you'll you know, this new one you just heard and then there's going to be one at the end of this that he just made specifically for our podcast thank you so much Chris you can check his music out uh you go to um soundcloud and search for chris frain music he um, does not refrain from making awesomeness word up word up in the description of every episode uh i always put a link to his uh soundcloud and he makes the dopeness 80s style synth wave i think is what it's called Something. It's like electronic synthy awesomeness. It's like his music's like listening to like a nineteen eighties like uh, sci fi or like horror film. Like Ministry Before They Found Guitars. Kind of. Kind of like. Kind of, huh? I guess. But no, he's a he's an auteur on the synthesizer, and one day I want to buy that man a Moog and just see what he might own one now. But I just like the idea of buying a man a Moog. And that man in particular. I'm going to buy him a Moog one day. What's a Moog? A Moog, M-O-O-G. It's a synthesizer. It's like one, uh, real popular in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Most, uh, most like, synthy stuff that you heard back then was played on a Moog. Oh, okay. It's a, it's, it's a brand not of a, synthesizer. Not a Yamaha? No. So, like, it, it was a synthesizer that, like, Rush used. Maybe, probably, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I um one of my like one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, a band called The Rentals. Uh, oh, yeah, they use a couple of Moogs, like every time they put out an album, an album. <laughs> <laughs> they were giant black plastic discs that you put. Onto a machine <laughs> that turned it, mm-hmm. and then you put a needle to it. Mm-hmm. We had to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Listening to records back in the day was a lot like being a uh, you know a heroin addict. Yeah. You had to have a sharp needle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had I, to have uh, it. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of a little bit into the vinyl collection kind of thing. I don't have a whole shitload of records or anything, but I've got a nice setup, and I'm like slowly make a collection of records and the one thing i had forgotten about records is you know you got to flip the damn things if you want to hear the whole album <laughs> and so sometimes like man i just i want to hear this record so i'll pop, pop it on and then i it's, it, it feels like i mean i know it isn't the case but it feels like i sit down and then it's just over and then i gotta flip it over to listen like immediately. yeah right you sit down for like 15 minutes you're like oh man i gotta go i gotta get up and flip this thing i remember as a kid being able to stack them to where, like, when one side would end, the arm would go back, mm-hmm. reset itself, and then the little 
tower thingy would drop the next one down. Probably wasn't the best thing to do to your records. Probably not. I know a couple of people right now that are probably listening to this are like, all, what? Do what, what now? <laughs> I'm coming over there and I'm punching you all in the face just for even knowing that. Because I, I, th- I, think, I think what it was is that um, what you do is you kind of set it on the, because it has the, uh, uh, I don't know what you call yeah, it. Yeah, the little tree thing. Yeah, the, little, the tower. You, you put it on there and then like with my record player, you just kind of put it up and so it's elevated above the uh, turntable itself and then you know you put the little arm over and then i hit the button and then it drops the record and then moves the the arm in to play it i've never i never thought to like stack records on there because <laughs> <laughs> no no because now we're all music snobs <laughs> oh, what are you doing to those records what what did that record ever do to you yes. sir <laughs> <laughs> Chris Freen music, check him out, please. Check the him link, out twice. The link is in the description. Listen to all his stuff. He um he also uh, he put out uh, an album recently, and uh, I'm a real piece of shit because I can't think of what it's called right now. Um, but you can uh, uh, some of that stuff's on his uh, SoundCloud and all the information if you want to check out his album and all that. That's all in there. So there's that. How was your week, buddy? Yeah, well, I had to kick a guy out of the store the other night because he got into it with another customer. Oh, fun. And then, so, here's the thing, racists. <laughs> Talking to you, racists. Just because I'm a giant white dude with a shaved head does not mean I share your views <laughs> on race relations. <laughs> Now, you can attest to this because you were there mm-hmm. you, when you were working there, and I got tried to get recruited by those two <laughs> super skinny, methed out, uh, I don't know if they were Nazis or three percenters or <laughs> just... Whatever. Piece of shit racist. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's not even like worry about subgenres. Piece right. of shit racists. <laughs> like, I'm going to be back. I'm going to bring you a newspaper. Some literature tells you the truth. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? If you guys are trying to talk about white supremacy, both of you should, I don't know, shower, maybe eat something <laughs> other than meth, and, um, I don't know, Dress nice. Right. If you come rolling in like you just rolled out of the gutter, no, you're not the foot soldier. You're not the infantry. Right, <laughs> right. In a war. Yeah. And I I really don't need to know the truth. Yeah, the quote-unquote finger quotes. The truth. The truth. Yeah. Anyhow, so this guy just starts mad-dogging one of the other customers. Oh, great. And the other customer's like, what's your fucking problem? (laughs) (laughs) To which the asshole (coughs) responded with, I've been in prison, man. I know the deal. Okay. (laughs) You and and most people in this town. (laughs) So... The dude was like, yeah, fuck off, buddy. 
and he leaves. Uh. And then the guy looks at me. He's like, he's like, God, I hate those. Go ahead and insert any racial reference you want right. there. I'm not going to say the In, word. Insert your slur here. <laughs> yeah. And the, so I had to, I had to like jump down his throat. I was like, you know, in a very calm demeanor. Mm. I was like, I don't need to hear that shit. Get the fuck out of my store and don't fucking come back. That's that's pretty calm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even handed. Okay. I mean no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I got no problem with it. So no. Uh that's about it. It's been yeah. kind of uneventful. Been watching a hell of a lot of holiday movies. Yeah. In particular San the Santa Claus. Oh yeah. And Elf. I have over, never seen any of those movies. And over, and over, and over, Yeah. again, along with Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. But that's like the family's favorite holiday movie. Okay. So I end up having to watch Christmas with the Cranks in like April, July. Right, right. It's like a year-round movie. I'm like... I mean, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love her. Yeah. But, here's the thing. Okay. Here's what's about to happen. All right. I'm going to go over to the DVD collection. Oh, shit. And I'm going to pull out the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yeah. That's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Nice. Nice. You got that shit on DVD? Yep. Nice. Guess what you're going to be watching Christmas Day when you're over here for dinner, son? Uh, Emmett Brown's, uh, whatever it was called. (laughs) Emmett Brown. (laughs) Wait a minute, Emmett Brown. Who's who's Emmett Brown? I don't know. That's what I was getting ready to ask you. Emmett Otter, man. It's Jim Henson. Muppets. You know who's Emmett Brown? That's Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Oh. Is that his first name? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Emmett Brown. And that's why that was in the front of my head. I hear the last name Brown, and I think back to the future. (laughs) Because I'm not a man-child at all. No. Not at all. Totally Cool, I look forward to that. I look forward to my son seeing that, because I don't think he's ever seen it. So, neat. Neat. We have, uh, um, I have... Uh, some some Christmas movie traditions, which may have to change this year, and, I'm, and I find it very unfortunate. Um, I'm one of those pieces of shit that also that uh, you know I I think that Die Hard is a great Christmas movie. Oh no, I'm, and I'm I, sure I, people I'm, are sick of hearing that. Um, but yeah, is. I like to watch. But you know, the thing is, is that I also include Die Hard too because that also takes place on Christmas uh-huh. as well. So Die Hard one and two, but. The one that might be ruined, I think is ruined for me, is actually my favorite Christmas movie of all time. There's a movie called The Ref. Oh, no, that movie was great! I love The Ref. However, it is a Kevin Spacey film, so I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. But it is a great movie. It was a great movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I forgot that that took place at Halloween, or Christmas. Yep, it was Christmas. If you're not familiar with the ref, the ref is about a uh, a, a house robber, a thief, 
played by Dennis Leary. That's, that's, and he's in a very rich neighborhood, I think somewhere on the East Coast, little town, tiny little like East Coast town. And uh, most people are on vacation and stuff. So he's out there robbing houses. Uh, but he ends up setting off an alarm. And so the whole town's kind of shut down because they're looking for him. And he ends up taking, uh, I think it's uh, it's Kevin Spacey and uh, Judy Davis. They play a couple who are, like, on the brink of divorce. They have, like, a teenage son. They, like, kind of hate each other at this point. <laughs> and they're going through, like, marriage counseling. And he ends up taking them hostage. And uh, they go back to their house. But they've got their family coming for Christmas. Their son's coming home. Uh, and ap- apparently everybody just hates each other. And so Dennis Leary poses as their marriage counselor to sort of uh, just try to get through Christmas so he can escape. And he ends up kind of actually becoming their marriage counselor, uh, their whole, like a whole family counselor. Yeah. For no, all it, was, it was a it's great a movie. It's a great film. Um, and I almost kind of feel like uh, kind of how I feel about uh, most movies that I really love that have Kevin Spacey in them. Like Seven. Seven is like the movie that scared me. The, that is, it, it is the movie yeah. that is, I find, the scariest movie ever because that person exists. Yeah. Now, I think I can have, you know, I can separate it because I'm like, oh, he's a scumbag as it is. Right. So... And he's a psychopath in here, so, you know. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I, I, I look at it this way, is that um, clearly Kevin Spacey is a, a piece of shit, horrible sex monster. However, um, he's not the only one who worked on these movies. Uh, like, you, you're aware, I'm sure people are aware of the fact that my favorite movie this year was Baby Driver. And yep. Kevin Spacey's in that. Uh, Seven's a great film. The Usual Suspects is one of the most important films ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's like, I kind of feel like we can't really throw those movies out just because Kevin Spacey's in it. Because, like in Baby Driver, uh, for example, um, I mean, so many other people are in it. You know, John Hamm's in it, uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, Ansel Elgort, who's kind of new, but he's great. Uh, Lily James, she's great in the movie. So it's like there's other people in this film that worked on this film, and not even to count all the people who worked on the film as well, uh, you know, from the director Edgar Wright all the way down to whoever, whatever, I mean, I could go and look it up, watch the credits, or, you know, whoever was a grip on the film. Like, and I feel like it's doing a sort of a disservice uh, to those people to just outright, you know, like stop enjoying, stop talking about, stop watching those films because he's not the only one involved um so i I try and kind of look at it that way uh i i feel like at this point is it's like i you know his career is over um most likely like we're not gonna be seeing any kevin spacey movies i mean because there's that uh the one coming to the gosh what's it uh what's the there's the one that was coming out the the new movie uh about the guy who got kidnapped back in the i don't know years ago uh and Kevin Spacey was prominently in it, but they actually, they just went in and they reshot. They just recast it. The movie was already done and it was coming out. I can't think of the name of the movie right now. It's the guy's name. But, uh, so what they did is they just went and they reshot it with Christopher Plummer instead. And, uh, so now the movie's still coming out. They just cut Kevin Spacey out of it. Good on Hollywood for doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I think that's great because all those people that worked on this film and it looks like it's going to be really good. 
and it would have been a uh, a bit of a tragedy for those people if that movie well, wasn't able to come out. Well, what I love too is that House of Cards got another season. Yeah. He's just not going to be in it. Yeah. yeah they're just you handing know? it over to... To uh, Robin Wright. Yeah. Fantastic. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think they're She's making some good moves. amazing. Yep. Yes, sir. And he was kind of a schmarmy... Maybe that's why he got the roles that he did, because... He's a schmarmy douche. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's so many life, people... It's like, oh, I'm not even acting. I'm just talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so many people now kind of come out, over, you know, from over the years working with him, being like, oh, yeah, the dude's a bully. Uh, he's not a good guy. Well, and Because um, I, I, I think it was... Uh, I can't think of the actor's name, um, but it was the, the main guy from uh, Usual Suspects. The Irish guy. Um, oh, Gabriel Byrd. Yeah. Byrne. Yeah, Gabriel Byrne, yeah, because he, he, he put out a statement, and he was saying that during the production of The Usual Suspects, they actually ended up, they had to halt production for a little while, and that, I guess at the time, like, nobody knew why. They just had to stop for, I think it was like a week or two uh, before they started up again, and then he found out later that it was also, it was due to Kevin Spacey being a piece of shit. Um, he didn't go into detail, I don't even know if he knows exactly what happened, <coughs> But, um, cause they didn't find out until after the fact, but they all had like, it was just production halted for a while and they're like, what? And that what was happened? a very indie movie. If I remember correctly, yeah. like they had a very shoestring budget. Yeah. And that was a really uh, great um, story. Gosh, what's that? What's that? Uh, director, uh, Brian something, the guy who did X-Men, Brian Singer. That was Brian Singer's first like big film. Yeah. And he's, oh, apparently he's a horrible sex monster too. So. Awesome. Hooray. Well, but again, it's like you've got Gabriel Byrne in that film. You've got Benicio del Toro, which was like his breakout. Um, nobody knew who he was, and then he he was also he was phenomenal in that film. Uh, one of the Baldwin's, I forget which Baldwin um, it is. Billy Baldwin? No, no that's it wasn't Stephen. Billy. No, that's Stephen. Yeah, Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. And that was you know his yeah. last good role before he <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lost yeah. his mind. And then there was um, the, the other guy. Uh, gosh, I wish I could think of his name. He's probably one of the best impressionists in Hollywood. Oh God, what is um, his name? But anyway, uh, you've but, seen but, the movie. Yeah, but my point. My point is, is that you know, you, we you can't you can't discount the work that those people did because of Brian Singer, because of Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's that's kind of the way I look no, at it. No, I'm like I'm glad about you know I'm I'm not glad that this thing had to happen, obviously, but right. I'm glad that it is happening, and people who have been victims of you know sexual abuse, sexual misconduct, you know rape. There's rape charges out there for some famous people right now too. Yep. Um, it's I'm glad that the that the victims are speaking out and that the public is going to believe the victim first because mm-hmm. for a long time the public wouldn't believe the victim they're like no yeah. way yeah no way but now they're like no you know the hashtag me too movement yeah kudos to them yeah that is amazing good stuff yeah yeah we're not we're not going to spend like a whole lot of time on it because we've talked pretty at length about yeah. this past couple of uh, episodes. But yeah, so the ref, the ref is my probably has always been one of my favorite, if not my favorite, holiday movie. Um, so if you want to see a cool Christmas movie, check out the ref. How about your week? 
Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've been working a lot. Just to sort of, especially just to, uh, you know, mitigate the the damage done to my wallet <laughs> for Christmas. Um, so, yeah, so this episode will come out, like, what, a couple of days before Christmas. So, Merry Christmas, all you guys. And all you um, gals. Yeah. So, uh, and my my son won't listen to this, so I'm going to go ahead and mention it anyway. So, I got my son the PlayStation VR for Christmas. Nice. Yeah. He's, uh, he is obsessed with VR right now. His grandpa had taken him to one of the malls here in town, and they had, there, there's a, uh, a shop there. Shop? I don't know if you call it a shop. Anyway, there's a place in the mall that is uh, all about VR. <coughs> they have the PlayStation ones, they have the uh, the computer ones, and they have them all set up. So you go in there, you pay some money, um, and you spend some time, and you can play their VR. And so his grandpa had taken him there, and like one time, and it's like $25 for an hour. Uh, and his grandpa paid for him and he just, he got hooked. And so when he kind of came home and this was a couple of months ago, so he came home and he was just like, that's all he could talk about was going to this VR place. His mind was blown. He loved it. it. But I was looking at it and I was like, okay, well, Christmas is coming up. He's like, can you take me to this? Can you take me to this place? Please, please, please. And I'm like, it's $25 a throw, buddy. Like, yeah. This makes fair prices seem reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Like gra- Grandpa's got uh, quite a number of years and career on me, so him him uh, dropping twenty five dollars for you to play for an hour is one thing, but me doing it is a little different. Uh, but so I was just thinking to myself, I was like, well, yeah, I could go and take him to this thing, and it's twenty five dollars a throw per hour, or I could just buy the fucking thing and he can have it <laughs> at the house. Um, and so it was on sale too, so I, I got it for him. So uh, he uh, he went back to his mother's the other day. So I was like, you know, finally I took it out of the closet to wrap it. But then I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, uh, I know what his life was, what's been like before Christmas when he's gotten like video game consoles or stuff like that. And there's always this sort of thing where it's like he opens it up, he's so excited, and then especially in modern because everything's connected to the internet. It's like you set these things up. That takes time because you're dealing with, you know, hooking it up to the TV, running wires, all that kind of shit. And then you finally turn it on, and it's like, oh, we got to update. And then so it updates or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to crack this thing out and just set it up and get it all updated, get it all set up. And then I'll just take the little the visor, and I'll put that back in the box and wrap that. And then yeah. so on Christmas Day, when he opens it, he can just literally just take the visor out of the box, plug it in, and it's good to go. Good thinking. Yeah, thanks. So I did that, and I'm glad that I did because it was like an hour and a half of me getting this thing set up and updated and all this sort of thing. And the whole time I was thinking of him on Christmas Day, like, oh, oh God, thinking, just, just, yeah, I just want to play it. Just so, I was like, so I was like, good on me. I, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. So it's all set up, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to fucking play this thing a little bit. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, good. <laughs> you got to do quality control, my exactly. man. Exactly. Because that would be terrible if it was like didn't work or something, right? Right, exactly. You gotta um, make sure that you know it didn't get damaged in shipping. Exactly. <laughs> You're um, a good father. I like to think so. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the fact that I myself have never played a VR game, and I wanted to see what it was like. Was it cool? Um, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, 
I've never <laughs> simultaneously had so much fun and also felt like such an idiot at the same time. Did you record yourself by any chance? No, <laughs> absolutely not. You didn't, you didn't get the selfie stick and be like, all right. Nope. I'm going to film myself no. doing VR. No, absolutely not. Because let me tell you, I you you have no idea until you put one of those things on your head. Like, this shit is immersive. Um, I, like, there was one part where, uh, so one of, the, one of the things that came with it is, is almost these little, like, tech demos just kind of show, show stuff off. And uh-huh. that's really what, all I was really checking out. And they have this one, it's called uh, The London Heist, and it's like this very short, almost like Guy Ritchie movie sort of VR thing. And it starts off uh, like your character is like tied up to a chair in this like warehouse, and there's a guy who's like, it, 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 it seems like he's like been torturing you or something, so he's talking to you. And I was like flinching. Because it was it was so real, like you know, there, this character is like coming up and he's like getting in your face and he's yelling at you, and I was and I and you feel like you're there. Yeah. And I found myself like flinching at it, and then another one I, I had sort of checked out. Uh, I don't even remember what the circumstance was, but uh, you know, because you can look pretty much 360 degrees on this thing, up and down, and all this kind of stuff. And I realized, so I looked down at one point, and whatever this other demo was, like, you're on something that's supposed to be real high up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got vertigo. I'm standing in my living room with this thing on my head, and I got vertigo looking down. On this well, thing. There's, there's a YouTube channel where they take, like, famous athletes and stuff, and they put them in a VR thing, and they're, like, just in this room. Yeah. This empty room, yeah, and like these athletes are like freaking out. They're like, ah, ah, ah. yeah, it's it's weird, but it's so cool. So I'm really excited for him to. Yeah, I didn't think you would be able to resist uh, breaking it out and you know <laughs> making sure it was updated and didn't get damaged in shipping. I was pretty sure. I was pretty sure that. Yeah, as much as you love technology, yeah. Now, now, granted, the original plan was I was just going to wrap up the box. Uh, But I I honestly was just like, yeah, I just wanted to, because there's a lot of wires and a lot of shit going on. So I was just like, well, let me just set this part up. And then, so it's it's all sort of, you know, it's all connected to the TV and the PlayStation and all the cords are all tucked away and ready to go. Like, so when he comes home, he's not going to see it. See the cords and stuff, and then so when he opens it up, he'll be able to just kind of pull the visor out and then just plug it in to the, the cord coming from the back of the TV, and he's good to go. He's ready to rock. Uh, so that honestly nice. was actually what I wanted to do, but of course I was going to check it out. Yeah. And it's dope. <laughs> it was like me when I was a kid. You know, G.I. Joe and He-Man were the big things. Yeah, yeah. So Christmas morning, right, we'd make the rounds about the family, you know, we open up our stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was sweet. My mom got me major blood. And that was like a special mail order figure at the time. Right, you right. couldn't you couldn't just go to the store and get major blood. Right. You know, and then whatever, you know, whatever contraption, you know, vehicle, you know, playset, whatever, get that. Yeah. Now I'm stoked. Yeah. Right? I got all my stuff. But now, 
we have to make the rounds about with the family. Mm-hmm. So we start going to each, you know, aunt and uncle's house. Right. And they got their kids various G.I. Joe things. Right, right. And they're like, so they're all stoked wanting to play with their stuff. I'm stoked because I want to play with my stuff. Right. But they're like, Shane, can you, uh, can you put together <laughs> their stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Now, I don't know if, if you remember, but, so you'd have these giant decals, uh, a sheet of decals, not a giant decals. Right. It was, and like, there'd be like 4,032 ones that said no step, you know, huh. to make it look as, as military as possible oh, because right, right, that right. shit's all over. <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta gear. put all those little decals. Oh, yeah. I was like, I will put it together. I am not putting any stickers on this thing. Yeah, no. You want the Cobra emblem on your Rattler? You put it on. Yeah. I'm putting it together for you. You're welcome. Yeah, well, those tweezers, you got to have, like, a, one of those, like, mounted, like, magnifying yeah. glasses. Like, tweezers and... You gotta wear. On there, right? You gotta wear one of those weird green visors. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> gotta, you know, a yeah. jeweler's monocle. And yeah, you have to like, have those... Garters on your biceps, <laughs> yeah, looking like looking like a watchmaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so totally, totally feel you on that. Like I was happy, yeah, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I just want to get back to my shit. Right. Got to put some ham and turkey in my face and get home <laughs> so I can play with my stuff. Yeah. Instead of putting together, you know, all my cousins. Fuck you. <laughs> Why can't you be? <laughs> have enough dexterity to put your shit together <laughs> and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, so there's there was that. Uh, like I said, I've been doing a lot of. I've been working a lot. Uh, I think I mentioned it last time. So where where I'm kind of working for the holidays, I'm not going to mention the the place. We'll probably be able to figure it out. Um, but I do mainly graphic design. I mentioned that before. But part of it too is that the place there's we also do shipping. Um, packing boxes and, and shipping. And so that's kind of mainly what I've been doing the past week because Christmas is coming up. And uh, so, you know, we record this podcast on Tuesdays. Um, so this is the Tuesday before Christmas. And yesterday was a nightmare. Uh, it, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like upset. But so who who in their right mind will rock into one of these places with Christmas gifts and go, hey, can you put this in a box and can you get it to Florida for me by Christmas? Uh, no. No, I can't. Because you just came in the Monday before Christmas. Um, like, I can. I, I, I can. But you're, like, what, like, the number I just told you of how much it's going to cost... Yeah, you're going to need to triple, triple that <laughs> if you want it to be guaranteed. Otherwise, it's going to it's going to happen the day after Christmas. That's right. At the at minimum, you get it the day after Christmas. Uh, to the like, so many people, so many people, and I'm like, what what are you doing with your life that you're coming a week before Christmas and trying to send something across the country and like get it there by Christmas, but you don't want to spend sixty bucks to do it. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to be dealing with that the rest of the week. 
Oh, yeah. Well. No, you, no, you totally are. So, but fortunately, people have been fairly cool about it. Uh, and uh, I've actually kind of, uh, I just started telling them, too. I'm like, and, and it's true. I'm not, like, telling a story. Because me, personally, um, and, you know, to be honest, I haven't really, like, had, like, for me, like, I haven't really had, like, uh, uh, like a Christmas, like, myself. You know, I do Christmas for my son or whatever. But my family, we have this sort of unspoken thing uh, always. It's like myself and my sisters. Everybody's got kids. And there's just a lot of us. And so we have this sort of unspoken rule between us where it's like we don't get each other anything. We don't get each other's kids anything. We're just like focus on your own kid. And that's that. So, uh, So, you know, Christmas comes around. My son gets stuff. Like, I don't get Christmas presents. It's just not something I do. But I do remember when I was younger, um, I actually kind of really liked it when I got, when, like, uh, Christmas presents came after Christmas. Because, you know, it's like, as a kid, you know, it's like, you're out Christmas morning, you open up all your gifts and stuff, it's great, you're having such a good time, but it's like, by the afternoon, it starts, it starts to wash over you. You're like, oh, oh, Christmas is over, dude. Oh, no. And when you're, like, 10, 8 whatever you're like man i got all this cool stuff but christmas is over dude and then but then like a day later or two days later or whatever and then more presents come in the mail you're like christmas isn't over yes you know and so like i actually always really liked late christmas presents when i was younger see i always loved and i don't think you even get that nowadays because i think a lot of these stores open up on later on in the evening yeah. on on christmas day but, like, you get Christmas cash, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, man, it's on. The day after Christmas, December 26th, oh, I'm hitting KB Toys, yep. or Toys R Us. Yep. <laughs> you're just, like, so stoked for it. Yep. I remember- it would always be busy because everybody's at returns all you know, Agnes is a bitch. She knew I didn't want this. She just bought it to be spiteful. Yeah. And, you know, you hear like little tidbits <laughs> of conversation. Yeah, totally. They're like, she just did this to be vindictive. <laughs> she knows I'm allergic to olives. She bought me an olive platter, bitch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Kurt totally bought me a freaking saw. He knows I don't saw things. Dick, I'm a mechanic, not a carpenter. Right? Did that to be an asshole. <laughs> but like, the, so the only the only time I've actually kind of felt a little bad about it, it's not like it's not like it's my fault or I can do anything about it. But you know, it's a lot of like these old ladies coming in and they're like, they're like, I just baked a whole bunch of like cookies and stuff, and I want to send them to my grandkids across the country. I want to get him there for my Christmas. And I'm like, well, uh, we can send it the cheap way. That's going to cost you 20. Like the cheap way is going to cost you 20 bucks. And she's like, that's more than the cookies are worth. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And it's not getting there by Christmas. So if you want it there by Christmas, it's going to be like 60 bucks. <laughs> you know, and these old ladies are like, what? But at the same time, I'm also looking at them and I'm like, oh, you've got like 40 years on me. 
how do you not know <laughs> not to bring your fucking cookies to ship a week before Christmas? So it's kind of uh, <laughs> I'm a little conflicted sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, ma'am, just go to USPS. Use their two-day priority box. It's going to cost you less, and your cookies will get there. Yeah. Because Fred the mailman or Martha the mail lady, are they're going to have to work constantly anyhow, <laughs> and it'll get there in like two to three days. Yeah, yeah. Fit fits, it ships. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only problem with that is, so like, like I said, the place that I work at, we also do like the packing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So they come in with like this, you know, little gift wrapped box, and it's got cookies inside of it. And so, but they want us to to pack it too. Like, yeah. Put the air bubble yeah. things in. Yeah. Well, I don't want the cookies to break by the time I get there, and so they end up in this sort of rock hard place, or whatever. So I, I actually a couple of times I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll pack it for you. But, yeah, take it to the post office. You're going to stand in line yeah, for a long-ass time. Oh, yeah. Um, because of the place that I work at, we also do uh, postal stuff. But since it's not the post office... You still have to charge your prices. There's a premium on it. Yeah. And the place that I work at in particular, all postal stuff, literally is 100% markup. Nice. <laughs> so if you're sending priority mail or whatever, it costs like eleven dollars. We're charging you twenty two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then there's that. I have to tell them that I'm like, you know, because we're pretty honest about it. It's like, look, you know, it's a it's a store. We got to make a profit, and <laughs> whoever set the prices, prices set it like this. So I can pack it for you. That's going to cost you some money. I can ship it from here, and I can do it at post office, but it's going to cost you extra money. And I can do it right now, and there's no wait or whatever. Or you can go. To, you can save yourself half of the price, and then go stand in line for forever at the post office. So there's there's your rock and hard place. Uh, you decide. We're like we're like the MVD Express. <laughs> <laughs> You can get your driver's license. Yeah. It's going to cost you more, a lot more, but you're not going to wait in line. But you're not going to wait in line as long. No, because they've gotten so so busy that you still like, oh, she's just gone to freaking DMV. Right, yeah. Well, because we're, we're, I mean, but, you know, at our store in particular is it's like even people like me who normally do graphic design, you know, during this time, we all, like, you know, man the packing and the shipping and all that sort of stuff. So... Like, we've got the the manpower. So we're actually at a point where, like, there really is, like, very rarely is there a line. And if there is a line, it's only, like, two, three people. So we knock it out. It's fast. Um, and, like, if it were me, yeah, I'd probably pay the extra. No, no. No, totally, totally legit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with people. Yeah. The only reason I use self-checkout when I go to the grocery store is because I don't want to talk to the cashier. Yep. Yeah, I don't care. No, great. Oh, yep. your gout's acting up. Fuck, yeah. awesome. And I don't want you know. And and I'm and that way with every store. Like I wish every store had self checkout because I don't like I don't want the cashier fucking judging me on my purchases. If I'm going in the grocery store, and let's just say, let's just say I've gotten my nose a little bit into the marijuana recently. 
and I go into the grocery store and I'm buying the party sized, uh, you know, smart food, white cheddar popcorn. And then like also the family sized peanut butter M&Ms and, you know, snacks. And they know, they know it's just for me. (laughs) I'm not sharing this with anybody. They (laughs) seem like your family ain't this big. Oh, look at you. Look at you. I can see the red in your eyes. I know what's happening. And they're mad because, well, you know, they're cashiers. Yeah. And they're like, ah. Uh. I don't need that kind of judgment Monday. <laughs> so like, I, I like the self-checkout. Because I can take my time. I can I can read the screen. <laughs> take however much time I need with that. Although the stupid machines yell at you, too. Oh, I know. Like, put the thing in the bag. Put it in a bag. Put it in the bag. Put now. In. Put Do it. Yeah. Do it. Scan your rewards card. Scan it. Scan it. <laughs> but at least it's coming from a robot. And uh, so I can I can deal with it a little better. I could I could deal with a robot <laughs> fucking yelling at me more than I can like a, a person silently judging. At <laughs> the same time you get pissed when it's something like, you know, a bag of white cheddar smart food popcorn. Mm-hmm. And you put it in the bagging area. Mm-hmm. But it's so light <laughs> the scale yeah, doesn't just, register it. Yeah, right. They were like, <laughs> and you're like, I put it there. Yeah. Well, see, I've learned. I've learned because they've got a nice. They've got a nice air like pillow in the bag, so to kind of protect. You know, it's not like popcorn gets smashed. So I, I've learned to just sort of put the popcorn on the thing with enough force, just kind of slap it down, <laughs> so that the scale will register that something happened. And that's and that's all in service to avoid. The lady, the lady who has to, who's monitoring all of the self checkout, that her having to come over and you know hit whatever she needs to hit to you know make it keep going. Like, oh yes, he put his fucking popcorn on the scale, so go ahead and let him scan his other stuff. You're gonna get charged for fifty pounds of popcorn because you punched the scale too hard. Like, Five hundred seventy-two dollars worth of popcorn, sir. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it worked. I say it's a nightmare, but and there's a little bit of hyperbole on that. I actually kind of enjoy it, and it's been pretty good, and the people I work with are pretty pretty great. So it's it hasn't been really bad at all. It's just, <laughs> it's just not to mention it. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on with me the last week. I did, however, uh, go on opening night to go see The War in the Stars, the, the final of the Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi. I went and saw that opening night. And, um, sorry to say, guys, uh, I fucking adored that movie. <laughs> Every frame of that movie I loved. I, I, I turned into a six year old, and, um, I felt that way the whole way through. You have me so amped for this movie. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. What I really love, what the people that have gone to see the movie, mm-hmm. and they're putting up all these fake spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, just like absolutely ridiculous ones, and maybe they're not. Maybe they are true, because I haven't <laughs> seen the movie, and I'm staying away from, you know, like... What the critics say about it and stuff, because <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing me and the misses are gonna do a double feature. Nice. When pitch, 
perfect three comes out. Okay. Because, um, you know, she loves both Star Wars and the Pitch Perfect series. Okay, I love the Pitch Perfect and the Star Wars series. You know I, what, Pitch Perfect is, the Pitch Perfect movies are pretty fucking entertaining. They are great. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm on the same level as Star Wars when it comes to Pitch Perfect. No. Uh, but I do I do dig those but, movies, yeah. Uh, so, no, so what I'm going to say is, um, uh, and I'm not going to get into a political thing, but it's related, so I'm just going to mention it. Uh, even though uh, Roy Moore, the awful, we all know who Roy Moore is, I'm not going to get into that. Even though he lost, hooray, good job, Thank everybody. Thank goodness, yeah. good job, Alabama. Um, but I also had uh, found out that the – and I can't think of his name. But the guy – the founder of Cinemark, which is a movie theater chain, um, he had actually – he's a big supporter. He was a big supporter of Roy Moore, and he had uh, actually contributed to his campaign a lot of money. Um, so, you know, we have some Cinemark theaters here in town. So I, I'm just suggesting to people to maybe not go to the Cinemark theaters. There is a theater here in town that I really love now. It's an independently owned theater. It's got good screen, good sound, and they have uh, both vibrating chairs. Or, vibrating chairs? Yeah, so you can either sit in a vibrating chair, which, like, they, they, I don't know, they hook it into the sound system or something, and then so whenever something happens, like uh, like an action scene, or sometimes even with, like, swelling music or whatever, like, the, the seat will vibrate with it. And, like, tickles your butt? It's like... Or is it like a massage chair? Well, and, and I even... Like, vibrating, maybe it might not even be the best... Like, that's what they call them, vibrating chairs. Mm-hmm. But, like, they thump. And, like, like I saw a Baby Driver, actually, for the first time at that theater. And I sat in the vibrating chair. And it was like... Um, like, every time uh, Baby would, like, shift the car. Like, there would be a thump in the back of the seat. Uh, and, and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. it, it, it kind of elevates the experience. It gives, you know... It's, it's yeah. kind of cool. I feel like you're part of it. Yeah. But they also have, uh, like, so you have a choice in these theaters that they have in this, uh, uh, it's called Icon Cinemas. So they have some rows of the vibrated chairs, but the rest of the rows are these very, very nice, uh, like, reclining. Uh, they're like Lazy Boys with this sort of, like, faux leather. Oh, nice. <laughs> they don't vibrate. They don't thump. But you can pretty much, like, it's laid out in such a way, and there's enough of an angle on the floor, that you can basically, I mean, they'll, they'll lay you prone if you want to. You could pretty much just lay down and still watch the movie comfortably. That is like death for me. Yeah. Because I have to watch movies. I'm on the graveyard shift. So unless they start being 24 hours. Yeah. If I'm trying to wait till you know, the 11 a.m. matinee. Yeah. And I go putting in, I'm like, oh, I just paid 27 bucks to get my snacks, right. watch a movie, recline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might be, I mean, you might want to go for the vibrating chair if you go to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me up. Keep you up. But I, I, I like the recliners. I don't like to lay prone. It's, it feels weird to me. But I like the fact that I can kick my feet up and there's the room for that. And the uh, no matter, the, like, the person in front of you, no matter how they have, whether they're laying prone or they don't even recline it at all, like, they, uh, it's set up in such a way that they'll never get in your way of the screen. Ever. Nice. Um, you always have just a beautiful view of the screen, no matter where you're sitting, what kind of seat you're sitting in. I think it's a great theater. And also, the other thing I like about it 
is, um, and this is new to me. This might be something that happened has been happening for a while. But this place, you go in there, so you, so you go spend your like you know forty five dollars on your big tub of popcorn or whatever. Yeah. But it's unlimited on the popped corn. They don't even they don't even pour the popcorn into the bucket for you. They just hand you a bucket, and it's self serve on the popcorn and the butter. Oh, so you can finally get it right because so many people do not get the popcorn and the butter and the salt ratio right. Exactly, exactly. And I'm the type of person where, like, if I go to a regular theater and I order popcorn and they're they're the ones putting the butter and the popcorn in the bucket, and, you know, and they're like, would you like butter? And I'm like, yes, I want all the butter. And they're like, what do you mean? What? what? I'm like, start putting butter in it. And then when you start feeling a little uncomfortable about the amount of butter that you're putting into my popcorn, put more butter in it. And then, like, literally I want you to put butter in it until you feel like you might lose your job. <laughs> and then then give me the popcorn. And see, for me, I'm more of the parfait method, mm. right? You put some popcorn in there. Yeah. You throw some butter in there. Yeah. You throw some salt in there. Yeah. Boom. More popcorn. Yeah, layered. Layered, mm-hmm. you know, like a parfait. Give it a little shake every exactly. layer. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. And then when you're done, top it off, give it a shake, and top it off again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is the proper way to do it. But nobody who works at a movie theater seems to do that. And so that's why I have my whole thing of, like, you can keep putting butter on there until you feel like you're going to get fired. <laughs> because that's the only way I can get them to do it even close to the way I like it. But at this theater, I can do it myself. Nice. And so you go over, they've got the big popcorn things, they've got a little hopper on it, and you just pull, you know, you open it up, a little popcorn pops out, then you like squirt the butter in there, give it a shake, and you just do it in layers. I do the exact same thing. And it's the same thing for the, the drinks as well. So you buy a drink, and, you know, they have the fountains uh, set up, and you just go and you fill it up. And it's all, you can fill it up as many times as you want, both popcorn and soda. And I love it. Nice. Um, and I always feel like I'm going to eat a lot more popcorn than I actually do. Uh, <laughs> but it's nice to know that I can eat all the popcorn, uh, or I to have the ability. And not only that, after you leave, you fill it up again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you go home. Yep. And then you put on your Doctor Who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your marathon and that. Yep. And if you're and if you live in if you're in my house, you fill it up on the way out, and your son is holding on to it, happily eating the popcorn into the car until he decides that for whatever reason the 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 big popcorn bucket that is uh you know top heavy doesn't need someone to hold it in the car. So you know then you end up with all this buttery popcorn all on the floor of your mm. car. So, <laughs> which is exactly what happened after Star Wars. <laughs> Um, and I have yet to vacuum it out now. So my car smells like a movie theater at the moment. Um, but (laughs) there's worse smells, right? But obviously I'm not going to get into any kind of spoilers. And I was thinking that after you see it, we might do maybe a spoiler talk. Uh, that'll be, I figured we'd give everybody. Yeah. Well, I figured it'd be on the Patreon, I put it on the Patreon, but we'll do a special spoilery, uh, you know, episode on the Patreon. Um, but what I will say, uh, which is in spoilers or whatever, uh, I have, I have noticed that this movie is very divisive. Uh, I've, I, I've not talked to anyone so far that has been like, oh, this movie's all, it was all right. It was fine. Like no one is, you're, I, I've noticed people are either 
I absolutely adored this movie, or they're like, uh, I hate this movie. This is the worst Star Wars, Star Wars movie. Um, and I, it's ruined to Star Wars for me. Like, literally, it's one or the other. And I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, you gave it, like, the, the greatest, you know, uh, seal of approval that you said this one is the best since uh, Empire Strikes Back. It, in my opinion, yes. It's it's the best Star Wars movie released since Empire Strikes Back. And there are some people that even cons- maybe even consider it it might be better than Empire. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. I think I need to view it probably about 30 more times and then wait <laughs> about 30 more years before I can make that uh, determination. You'll be, you'll be on your deathbed and be like, Fine! Yeah, it is. It, it was is better. Be- it was yeah. better than Empire. Yeah, maybe that might happen. Um, but this movie was real good. Um, and I, and I found, as I've discussed with people, that some like a lot of the things in the film that I really, really enjoyed also tend to be the things that other people hate. Um, because, like I said, I'm not going to do any spoilers or whatever, but. There's there's definitely this sort of feel to it where I think you know Ryan Johnson directed it, and um, I, I kind of feel like Ryan Johnson maybe he just wanted to put out a giant big middle finger to the fanboys because basically it's like you know and, and I've I've done it too we've discussed it here is like yeah. everybody had their theories about things yeah uh, that were going to happen and literally. No one got it. Like, it's like he said, "Oh, so, oh, so, all your little so, fanboy so he theories." Was, he was he was trolling the internet. He was like, "Oh, that's your theory? Okay, yeah. we're definitely not going to do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Sweet. Like I, I've I, none none of that. St- I, no one that I'm aware of <laughs> called this stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I felt pretty good about it. Like when it, when it happened, it, it was a lot of like, "Oh shit, they did that. That's great. I'm like <laughs> awesome." Uh, but I, I can understand why some people maybe went, "Oh, oh. like I, I feel like maybe people got real emotionally attached to their own theories." Oh, and yeah. then when it turned out that it wasn't the case at all, what like like you never even thought of the, like this was not even like. Yeah. You would have never thought of this no, sort the, of thing. No, the fanboys and the the you know the fangirls, the super hardcore fans. Yeah. Because you know, here's one thing. One thing that's true is nobody, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. No one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You're right. You are absolutely right on that. I'm sorry. I I couldn't help. I'm sorry I laughed so hard, but nope, you're right. (laughs) And as we've discussed before is that I have a tendency to like things uh, more than I think most people. Um, I don't really have that much of a problem with the prequels. I never really have. I don't think they're great. No, I don't. I in in some in some instances, I wouldn't even go so far as to say that they're good. Um, 
I kind of make, well, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be able to see my face, but I just kind of make this face. Here's the, here's the sound that goes along with the face for anybody that's listening. And that's, uh, uh, yeah. uh, I've seen worse. Yeah. I've seen way better. Yeah. And then, I mean, even within, like, the, ori- you know, the, the original prequels, so, like, Phantom Menace, I've always felt kind of like, I've, I've always kind of liked it. Um, and and I and I feel like maybe that's just more like experience based, uh, because you know I'm sure you remember all the hype and all the stuff you know when the prequels were coming out. Um, oh yeah, no. They, well, yeah. that's when they re- re-released all yeah. the original episodes in the theaters. Yeah, added. Yeah. added stuff. I was yeah. like, you didn't have to add anything. It's yeah. the freaking original. Yeah, and, and what's also is people are so <laughs> mad about those two, and I'm just like, you know, it's fine, whatever. It's not that big a deal. Uh, some of it I'm not very fond of, um, but it's fine. Phantom Menace itself, like, I saw that movie uh, opening night when it came out back in, the, was it 99 or something? Or I don't know. Some yeah, it was right before like I that. left for Kosovo. So, yeah, 99. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was fine. Whatever. I wasn't like... Oh, spoiler alert, people. Han did shoot first. I'm a person who's old enough to remember seeing Star Wars in the theater. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of one of the weird parts about the special edition that they kind of changed that. But um, yeah. And in E.T., the FBI agents were carrying guns, not walkie-talkies, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that stuff was kind of weird. But uh, So Phantom Menace, I always thought was fine. When they re-released it in 3D a few years back, uh, a friend actually took me to it. Uh, on my birthday, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I had a hell of a time. It was a good time. Seeing it in 3D, the pod race in 3D was dope, uh, and I didn't even mind Jar Jar Binks. I was like, you know what, he's kind of funny. Um, I kind of oh, enjoyed see, it. See, I'm not, I'm in the different camp. I couldn't stand him. That's fair. I hate the freaking Ewoks. That's fair. That's fair. You know, because I know the vision was supposed to be that it wasn't supposed to be Ewoks. It was supposed to be, you know, they were going to be on... Uh, Chewbacca's home planet. Kashyyyk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a, that was a budget thing. Yeah, it was a budget thing, but uh-huh. you know, I, okay, I can I can handle it. Yeah, All right, whatever. cute little teddy bears that are yeah. also little psychopaths. You know, that's that's the stuff that's just I mean, it's it's for the kids. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. Oh, whatever. It's like go buy toys. Like and so that's my my kind of opinion of Phantom Menace is like it's fine, whatever. It's inoffensive to me. Um I abhor I really hate Attack of the Clones. Um, that movie is, in my opinion, hot garbage. And I don't say that <laughs> very often about movies, but I just I can't stand that movie. And here's uh, my, my extra special controversial uh, opinion, is I feel like uh, Revenge of the Sith is a better film than Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'd actually rank it higher than Jedi. I liked, yeah. I liked Revenge of the Sith. But I was cool. Um, so whatever. But in uh, in in ranking the films, in my opinion, obviously uh, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie ever released, and I would at minimum say that the Last Jedi is a close second. Nice. In my opinion, I love close it. second. Close second. Um. Twists, twists, and turns. It it turned it turned Star Wars on its head. There's, I mean, it was uh, so much unexpected stuff goes on, and um, 
they I feel like they handled the original trilogy and those characters very well. I cried like three times in the movie. Um both happiness, sadness, nostalgia, whatever. Like it was that was all swirling. And you also know, you probably you know for sure that I am a complete curmudgeon when it comes to people clapping in a movie theater. Yeah. I hate it. I'm like, who are you clapping for? They're not here. They don't hear you. So I've always just been kind of weird about that. But I got, I'm going to be honest, during The Last Jedi, I got caught up in the moment at one point, And uh, I did a little bit of clapping on my own. A little bit of yelling. Uh, a little bit of uh, hooting and hollering. Because I was real happy with what I was seeing. Um, so, and I, and I, I just kind of feel like uh, some people, I mean, there's, it's, it's going in a new direction. Which I think is is well needed. Yes. But I think people are having a real hard time dealing with that. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's like when Grandma goes, oh, I decided to make this year's meatloaf, or, you know, Sunday dinner's meatloaf, I decided to not use ground beef, I used uh, ground turkey. Right. People are like, what? No. Oh, oh it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even necessarily use that analogy. I'd say, you know, when, I, when I'm making my meatloaf, instead of using all ground beef, I'm gonna mix in I'm gonna mix in a pound of ground bison. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like when people when when people like switch up, you know, like yeah. what we're familiar with. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we think it's like the worst thing in the world, and then we try it and we go, oh, yeah, hey. It's pretty badass. I yeah. like it. Yeah, so um, so there's that. And some of the stuff that I've kind of gotten into some conversations or I've seen on the internet, I feel are um, a little too nitpicky. And, uh, at the, you know, it feels like some people just, like, they, they need in their hearts to hate this movie for whatever reason. <laughs> and so they're just coming up with reasons. So I think there's some of that. Um, but me, I was... I was blown away by it, and I intend to see it again in the theater, and probably again after that. I'm going to see it as many times as I can in the theater, because it was just a great experience. Well, it's, you know, it's one of the things, like, for me, like, Return of the Jedi was actually filmed in the town I grew up in, in Arizona, parts of it, you know, the desert scenes. Yeah. Um, The first field trip in school I remember taking was to... A tiny one-screen theater in the downtown area of my town, mm. and this is like the greatest field trip ever in right. school. And they showed Star Wars, and then they showed Empire, mm. and then they were filming Return in my hometown, right. and everybody was a buzz about it. And just so there's there's kind of like this. Uh, it's just. It's just part of me, but you're not going to blow me away as much, you know, now being 43 as I was at eight. Right. So look, I'll just, I'll just say this and then we, and then we'll move along and I'll save whatever else for when we do our, our spoilery episode. Um, I, my biggest concern going into last Jedi, not knowing really anything about it. Nobody knew anything about it. Um, was I was my concern was is that I thought they were going to do a 
basically a, a retread of Empire. Um, because although yeah. I really, I really, really, really enjoyed uh, Force Awakens, um, I really enjoyed that movie. But I will admit, like, I think the criticism that it was basically a retread of A New Hope, I think there's some validity to that. I mean, it basically did the exact same story beats. Well, it was New Hope and, you know, Phantom Menace itself yeah. was a, a retread of New Hope. Yeah. Um, so there was some concern there. Obviously, that they were gonna that I was basically just gonna see Empire again, which I mean, it's the best Star Wars movie, so you know, yeah, <laughs> that probably yeah, would have been like, fine. You can't be too upset about um, it. <laughs> but the thing is, is that they just they didn't do that at all. Like it's just it's not Empire in any way, shape, or form. Sweet, but it you know it it has in a lot of ways that feel to it. Um, while being very, very new at the same time. And, and I think that maybe that's where a lot of it's coming from, is that I think some people were expecting it to be a retread of Empire and were okay with that, and, were, and that's what they wanted. And so when they didn't get it, uh, that's where they're kind of having a lot of issues. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about, like, because I've seen a lot of real nitpicky shit. Um, <laughs> that like, like super nitpicky? Like real nitpicky, and I'm not going to get into any of it, but... It's, that stuff I can I, I kind of just hand wave away like come on, come on, um, but you know I can I can understand maybe where some people are coming from. You're wrong. This is a great movie. <laughs> um, Mark Hamill is a tour de force in this. He was phenomenal. Sweet. Um, Carrie Fisher was great, and that's the thing is that Carrie Fisher like I loved Carrie Fisher. Um, but admittedly, Carrie Fisher has always been a better writer than an actress or actor. Um, but in this film, she was fantastic. And um, like, I feel like they did the uh, original characters justice, um, except for maybe one. But I think, <laughs> I think, I think it would kind of went by really quickly. I'm not gonna say what it is, but I think it went by really quickly, and maybe a lot of people might not have noticed. I did, and I was like, really. Okay, um, that was probably really my only uh, criticism. Like, it's not even a criticism. I was just like, "Oh, that's surprising that they did that. That's a little weird." Um, but yeah, we'll we'll do we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. But as usual, this is spooky. The spooky podcast. Yeah, we've rambled on about some bullshit long enough. <laughs> so let's get into the spooky. How about that? Well, I guess we could do that. Let's do Who that. Who are you? Who am I? My name is Chris L. Dillon. And I'm Shane K. Witty. Let's see. Let's see what's spooky. What is spooky? S- what's spooky? So- what, 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 what could we do to kind of like frame it in like mm. a certain time of year? Mm. What could we do? Mm. Mm. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out. It's only a couple of days to Christmas. And you're probably stressed out because you forgot to get that thing that the person in your life that you care about wants. And they're selling out of it at every store you go to. So you're probably a little yeah, frazzled. Sure. Just, you know, <laughs> take your shoes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lay back on your couch. Listening to the not-so-soothing tone <laughs> of our voices. <laughs> well, because, I mean, you know, Christmas is, you know, people consider it to be the happiest time of year. It's joyful. But, you know, there's some 
There's some spooky shit going on around Christmas. It, there is a lot that people don't know about because mm-hmm. they're unaware because they're too busy being consumers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's think think about that while you're wrapping up the PS4 or the something else expensive. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about some uh, some some spooky uh, Christmas Christmassy kind of things. And I'm not talking about we're not going to talk about Krampus. Everybody knows about Krampus. Everybody he's knows gotten, about Krampus. He's gotten his resurgence <laughs> in the past couple of years. So there are some other things we could talk about. But I will say, I will say, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Krampus. So do watch that. Yeah. No. 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 Totally. If you like, if you like Gremlins or movies like that, watch Krampus. It is one of the best Christmas movies ever. But we're not talking about Krampus. I'm going to start it off. Let's talk about this is one that we all know about, but maybe you not may not know about its nefariousness. Okay. And I'm talking about the Elf on the Shelf. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this was not a thing in my family. I actually only ever heard of the Elf on the Shelf until like maybe a couple of years ago. Oh no, we had one growing up. My grandma had one. That's crazy. Because I look at—I mean, I know a lot of people have a lot of good feelings about Elf on the Shelf. I look at the fucking thing and it terrifies me to my core. Um, because if you look at—I mean. I think people kind of gloss over the fact that the idea is is that there's supposed to be this elf sitting on your shelf all during December to watch your kids to make sure that they're being good. You know, I don't know. Is he supposed to be reporting to yeah. Santa? Is yeah. that what the deal is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, snitch. Yeah. So he's so for, yeah. Number one, he's a snitch, and number two, part of the whole lore is is that if you're not if your kids are not being good, if you're a kid, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. He's supposed to fuck with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea is is that the, the elf is alive. It's in your house. It's watching you all the time. And then maybe, oh, you're you know, supposed to move it every night. Yeah. And then so if you you know if you haven't been good that day, and you go to bed. It's supposed to mess with you, mm-hmm. pull pranks. Oh and no, do all kinds of shit. It's the original Chucky. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm gonna tell Santa what you did. Yeah. And so I guess part of the, like the Trisha you were saying, it's supposed to move it every night, but it's like you're not supposed to tell the kids that. Well, no, you don't tell them. Yeah. No. Which what the fuck? No, it's like like freaking like ring girl movement. Yeah. You so know. you're supposed you're supposed to make your kids think that this thing is moving around the house mm-hmm. on its own. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've discussed this on the uh, the podcast yet, um, but like it, it reminds me of Robert the Doll. I don't know. Um. So I'll, I'll just go ahead real quick. So there's this there's this doll that um, I think it was it was like 1800s made. The thing's really fucking weird looking. Uh, it's it's big uh, and it's so like, like it's, a ventriloquist dummy. Kind of, but it's I mean it's all soft. It's like a, a, like like, a plush maybe doll. It's made, it kind of looks like it's maybe made out of like canvas. It's just like stuffed canvas. It's supposed to be a little boy dressed in a little like sailor outfit. Okay. Um, and it was like 1800s. I forget where it was, but like so, this this doll was given to this little boy. Uh, his and his name is also Robert. So he named the doll after himself. And all this shit started happening in the house. Things would move around. Things would break. Um, that sort of thing. And the kid would always be like, Robert did it. The doll did it. And so of course the parents are like, okay, you're just you know pulling some shit and blaming it on the doll until they started seeing Robert walking around the house. What? Yeah, they'd like just notice like 
they'd be like, you know, in the corner of their eye, they'd see Robert like walk out of a room, walk down the hall and walk into another room. And then they go in there and like, sure as shit, there's the doll just chilling on a chair in the, in the room that they just saw Robert walk into. They started reporting that they would uh, like pull up to the house and Robert would be standing in one of the windows. I just Googled this and fuck that doll. Yeah. Oh my God. It like, looks like a burnt chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scary ass doll. That's a no, that is that is a, a oh, and you know what? A boy named Robert Eugene Otto. So, yeah. Mark, if you're listening to this, just giving you a shout out to you know, someone in your family. <laughs> This creepy ass doll, and go ahead and Google Robert the doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it reminds me of the Elf on the Shelf, yeah. kind of thing. And the thing about Robert the doll, so I guess they've done all kinds of different stuff with it because they were like, like it was the story is is they kept trying to get rid of it, and then it would just keep showing up in the house, and then every time they would do, like it started like the things that the doll would do would start to become more sinister. And, like, like you know, breaking things or moving stuff around or whatever. And so they literally started believing that this doll was going to fucking kill them. And <laughs> and so uh, it, it ended up moving around. It disappeared for a while. Showed up, I think, in somebody's house, all this stuff. So now it sits in a museum or something somewhere. Yeah, that, that's what it's saying right here. It yeah, like, they have it in a glass case uh, so that it won't escape. And apparently they tell you, like, so if you go to the museum and if you want to take a picture of it or a video, they tell you to ask Robert's permission first. Because the story is is that people who have come and taken pictures of Robert, they, without asking permission, they'll go home. And so this was before digital, mm-hmm. obviously, but they go home and whatever picture they took, like, all their pictures would come out except for the pictures of Robert. Um, and, like, weird, like bad shit would happen afterwards. Well, this creepy-ass doll's got a pretty sweet freaking retirement program going on, because the museum he's in is in Key West, Florida. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so you gotta ask permission. Come on, Robert. I'm assuming he doesn't talk back to you, so you just ask permission and assume he says it's okay. (laughs) Um, There's a video on YouTube, and I know how they did it, being a filmmaker, I know how it was done, but it's still scary, because someone's filming it, and they edit it in a way that make make it look like Robert winked at them, and seeing that for the first time, um, all all the poop, all the poop wanted to come out of me Mm. when I saw that doll wink. I know how they did it, but (laughs) obviously it's not real, Uh, but yeah, first time seeing it, I was like, nope, no sir. Um, so, yeah, I would say, uh, get ready to move on to the next thing. I would say, if you have an elf on the shelf in your house. I do. Um, I know, I saw it. <laughs> no, I feel kind of bad for saying this, because you just Googled up Robert. As far as I'm concerned, they're the same fucking thing. We haven't moved ours, just so you know. <laughs> Trying to keep this a happy holiday and not traumatize my kids. Um, maybe I'll tape it to one of their faces <laughs> when they get back. But to our listeners, if you're listening to this in your house and you have an elf on the shelf in your house, Google up Robert. <laughs> read Robert's his the tale, doll. Read his story. And then take a good long look at that elf on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why none of no elf on the shelf is going to enter my house. <laughs> Ever. Ever. 
it could come in my house if it walks through a wall of fire first. It must be cleansed. (laughs) 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 But Elf on the Shelf is not the only weird crap traditions, ideas of Christmas. What you got, man? The one I'm going with that most people won't know about. The reason I picked it is because it sounds like the greatest name ever for a punk rock band to put out a Christmas album. (laughs) (laughs) And it's 13 Yule Lads. (laughs) The 13 Yule Lads. (laughs) It does sound like a pretty dope Christmas punk rock band. I'm picturing this, this... punk rock Christmas cover band <laughs> sounding like crass. <laughs> yeah, probably. Jacob Bowles! Jacob Bowles! Jacob all the way! <laughs> so what do the Yule lads do? So, they're the sons of Grilla. Oh. Okay. Grilla. Okay. And her troll husband. <laughs> oh, that Grilla. <laughs> I can't even pronounce this because there's so many weird like pronunciation thingy boobs on there. But we're right. gonna go with La <laughs> La Paul Ludi. <laughs> okay. The Yule Lads they're coming to your town. They're on tour. Oh, son. Okay. All right. <laughs> Four bucks at the door. They need a place to crash tonight. And yeah, like anybody get us some Jack in the Box and a floor to sleep on? That'd be great. The Yule lads would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Calling all our Facebook fans. We're coming so, to your town. Right. They show up in like a reverse order of the Twelve Days of Christmas. Okay. Right. All right. Because there's 13 of them. Oh. So, yeah. 12 in reverse plus 1 equals 13, <laughs> thus the 13 you lads. Okay. And I'm to understand that 13 is an unlucky number. It's there there is people. actually a building in Albuquerque, which I can tell you because I used to deliver mail to it, mm-hmm. that doesn't have a 13th floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those buildings. And it's the slowest moving elevator ever, and some Domino's pizza delivery guy killed himself in the elevator at one time. Oh, fun. According to the lore. Okay. Anyhow. Anyway, 13 Yule Lads. Yeah, man, we gotta get back to this punk rock shit. Let's do it. So, the Yule Lads, they don't all show up at once. Okay. They don't come in mass. Right. right. They show up one at a time. Okay. Like, uh... <laughs> Each one that shows up is there for two weeks. All right. Okay. But okay. they come one day after another. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like a, like a daily thing, but they're showing up like yeah. Lord, Lord of the Rings dwarves. Like, you see them building their Yule Lad army. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do they... Oh, that's another... Cause I did, cause I did. 
<laughs> it does. It sounds like it sounds like Lord of the Rings dwarves showing up at the door, like I'm I'm Yorin, son of B- Borin of the Dwarf Mountain, or I don't know, whatever. Okay, yeah. So they all start showing up 13 days before Christmas. Okay. So what's the date today? Today is the 19th. 19th. So as of right now. There is multiple. Yeah, you've been dealing with this for a few days. Yule ads. Yeah. So what do they do when they show up? One at a time, daily. So anyway, they're going to be hanging out until January sixth, people. Oh, okay. So prepare yourselves. All right. For various mischievousness. Yeah. Maybe maybe pick up a second Christmas ham. <laughs> <laughs> to appease <laughs> the you lads. <laughs> They're kind of like pranksters. Okay. Like the elf on the shelf. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But they ain't reporting back to Santa. Okay. Fair enough. They just do weird shit. It's just their time of year. You know. <laughs> they'll slam doors in the middle of the night. Oh. Fuckers. Like a good guest. Huh? Yeah. Alright. They may eat up the entire town's yogurt supply. <laughs> may. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's a maybe it's a big town. There's a lot of yogurt mm. that thirteen Yule lads yeah. can't eat. Right. Well now we got that now we got all that Greek yogurt and that stuff's pretty thick. Uh-huh. Yeah, so maybe they get, you know, full, <laughs> and then they slam a door, sleep under your bed. <laughs> okay. Do they have a description of these lads? Like, what they look like? They kind of look like an elf and a dwarf had a baby. Okay. Alright, that's kind of what I was picturing anyway. <laughs> Like a like a like a like a fat elf on the shelf. Because <laughs> <laughs> he ate all the yogurt. So you know. Maybe that's what they are. Maybe there's just some like some elf on the shelf with the that's yogurt. That's it. With the yogurt bloat. They're they're rocking their elf <laughs> uniform, but like the shirt only comes up to the top of their belly and their belly's hanging out. You know? It's the Yule Lads. They're like the Buddhas of, uh, they're like the Chinese Buddhas of, uh, Christmas time. Hmm. Uh, gotta show the belly. Alright, so they're hanging out in the house, they're slamming doors in the middle of the night. Yeah, so they're coming down from the mountains, which is scary because we have mountains oh, here. Oh we sit at the base of the uh, mountains. Exactly. Okay. And we have a big range of mountains, yeah, okay. so there could be a lot of Yule Lads. Great. Maybe this story got it wrong, and there's more than 13. Right. Well, maybe there's just like there's groups of thirteen. That's right, but maybe they all descend on a bigger uh, metropolis that's near mountains. Right, Denver, you're fucked. And you know what? We're <laughs> I've been to a lot of grocery stores here in Africa. We're lousy with yogurt. <laughs> it's real easy to get yogurt. <laughs> they got they got plain. They got strawberry. My favorite is the honey flavor. (laughs) (laughs) So, not only do we have the Yule Lads, Mm -hmm. they travel with a thing called the Yule Tide Cat. (laughs) (laughs) And, 
much like the elf on the shelf, they keep an, an uh, the Yuletide cat keeps an eye on all the children. Oh, okay. All right. And then kidnaps those who did not receive any new clothes during the season. So, so they could be eaten. Okay. Buy your kids some socks. Do the freaking Christmas Eve jamma. Yeah, whatever present. you gotta do. Whatever you gotta yeah. do. Get your kids some clothes. Seriously. Don't make your kids into Dobby. They they sell, from they Harry sell socks Potter. at the they sell socks at the dollar store. There's no excuse. Exactly. Put some socks on them children. You know, if you got two kids, buy one set of mittens <laughs> and give each one a mitten. Something just something. <laughs> Gotta keep the Utah cat <laughs> from eating your kids. Okay. I'm gonna read a story. Alright. Let me tell the story of the lads of few charms, who once upon a time used to visit our farms. They came from the mountains, as many of you know, in a long single file to the farmsteads below. Got some rhymes. Sweet. Mm Grilla was their mother. Oh, Grilla. She gave them ogre milk. <laughs> First mistake. And the father, Lepaludi. Mm, okay. A loathsome, a loathsome milk. God damn it. Uh, a loathsome what? Uh, a loathsome... <laughs> A loathsome ilk. Oh, okay. They were called the Yuletide Lads. At Yuletide, they were due and always came one by one, not ever two by two. Thirteen altogether, these gents in their prime didn't want to irk people all at one time. Creeping up, all stealth. They unlocked the door. The kitchen and the pantry they came looking for. They hid where they could with a cunning look or sneer ready with their pranks and even when they were seen they weren't loath to roam and play their tricks disturbing the peace of uh, the home. The first of them <laughs> was sheep caught clod. <laughs> what? <laughs> sheep caught clod. Okay. Sheep caught clod. Alright. I'm just going to read this whole thing because this thing is brilliant. Alright, let's do it. He came stiff as wood to prey upon the farmer's sheep as far. I'm not feeling real good about him showing up stiff as wood. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now with my own little rhyme. He wished to suck the ewes. Ewes as in uh, sheep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not ewes like we're in Brooklyn. Ewes! Right, right. Okay. 
But it was no accident. He couldn't. He had stiff knees. Not too convenient. They have one of these for every one of the 13? <laughs> yes, I'm reading the whole thing. Alright, alright. You're gonna have some editing to do. Oh, yeah, that's okay. The, the second was Gully Gawk. <laughs> Gully Gawk. Alright. Gray his beard and mean, he snuck into the cow barn from his craggy ravine. <laughs> Hiding in the stalls, he would steal the milk, while the milkmaid gave the cowherd a meaningful smile. Oh, it gets better. Right. It gets better. Stubby was the third called a stunted who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan and scurry away with it. He scraped off the bits that stuck to the bottom and brims, his favorites. <laughs> the fourth was spoon like her <laughs> like spindle he was thin he felt himself in clover when the cook was an end <laughs> then stepping up he grappled the stirring spoon with glee holding it with both hands for it was slippery <laughs> uh oh you thought spoon liquor was bad <laughs> well wait for this next one pot scraper the fifth one okay was a funny sort of chap. When kids were given scrapings, he'd come to the door and tap, and they would rush to see if there really was a guest. Then he hurried to the pot, <laughs> or to, to the pot, and had a scraping fest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets even better. Better than a scraping fest? <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Bowl liquor. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The sixth one was shockingly ill-bred. <laughs> From underneath the bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. And when the bowls were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He was sure good about that. <laughs> The seventh was Door Slammer. <laughs> okay. A sorry, vulgar chap. When people in the twilight would take a little nap, he was happy as a lark with the havoc he could wreck. Wait, that, I guess that, that should read as with the havoc he could wreak. Right. Slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. Skier Gobbler, the eighth, okay. was an awful stupid bloke. He lambasted the skier tub till the lid on it broke. That's starting to sound like a toilet. Yeah. Then he stood there gobbling. His greed was well known. Until about to burst, he would bleat, howl, and groan. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit, this is great. <laughs> the ninth... Was Sausage Swiper. <laughs> a shifty pilferer, he climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on a crossbeam, in suit and in smoke, he fed himself on sausage, fit for gentle folk. Window Peeper. Oh no. <laughs> a weird little twit who stepped up to the window 
and stole a peek through it. Okay. And whatever was inside, to which his eyes, uh, his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. Eleventh was... Door sniffer. <laughs> Door sniffer, okay. Adultish lad and gross. He never got a cold, yet had a huge sensitive nose. <laughs> he caught the scent of lace bread while leagues away still and ran toward it weightless as oh, as wind over dale and hill. Oh my god, these names just keep getting better and better. <laughs> Meat Hook, <laughs> the twelfth one, his talent would display as soon as he arrived on St. Thorlock's Day. Oh, yeah, okay. He snagged, him, he snagged himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although his hook at times was a tiny bit short. Dang. And finally, we come to number 13. Okay. The 13th was the candle beggar. Twas cold, I believe, if he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve. He trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine tallow lights. So, we're up to Christmas Eve now. Okay. We got all the Yule lads hanging out. Right. Stealing meat, sniffing doors. Yeah. But, on Christmas night itself, so a wise man writes, the lads were all restrained and just stared at the lights. Then, one by one, they trotted off into the frost and snow on the twelfth night the last of the lads used to go. Their footprints on the highlands are effaced now for long. The memories have all turned to image and song. Hmm. So put up some Christmas lights, people. Some luminarias. Alright. You know. Okay, cool. That ended up being a lot less murdery than I thought it was going to be. I thought there was going to be some murder happening. So I feel a little better. <laughs> the Yule Lads. I'm going to be all scared and like come home late at night or early in the morning, see some weird elf creature thing right. sniffing my door. <laughs> stealing my meat. Oh, hey. You don't steal my meat. Get out of here with your little hook. Your wee hook. Your hook. I got bigger meat than you. And so you can't pick up that 12-pound roast <laughs> with your little hook. Here's a sardine. Get out of here. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, so I'm going to uh, – last one I'm going to do real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. So I'm going to talk a little bit about coming from France. Oh, what? Um, and I am going to mess this up. Zuta Lord. I'm telling you right now. We're going to talk a little bit about Le Père Fouettard. 
Maybe maybe that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Apparently that means. I can go get the missus. She's like fluent in French. Oh, maybe. So, so this is France and Belgium. That means the name means whipping father. <laughs> oh shit! So the story. So the story is is that uh, whipping father. Because uh, I'm not going to try that name again. Uh, he began his life as an innkeeper. <laughs> like how they put this. He began his life as an innkeeper, kidnapper, and murderer. In that order. Well, you know, it's you know, it's good to have steady employment before you go into you know kidnapping and murdering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to read this. Uh, so one day, while keeping his inn, three rich boys on their way to a religious boarding school came to stay at his inn. Recognizing their wealth, uh, Whipping Father, along with his wife, decided to capture and murder the children by slitting their throats. Eat the rich. Eat, you, eat them! Well, hey, you know what? <laughs> You're onto something. So they took they take their money, and uh, yeah, they decide to make dead boy stew. Uh, so while he's uh, stirring probably up, probably delicious, being that they were wealthy, they probably wow. got to eat like really good food mm-hmm. before they got turned into stew. So it's kind of like Kobe mm-hmm. beef. Yeah, it probably had a real nice marble to the meat. And like that veal where they only give honey and milk to. <laughs> anyway, so as he's stirring up his dead boy stew, Santa Claus, or Saint Nick, whichever you prefer, he just shows up. And he's like, no! No! You can't be murdering kids! So he just resurrects the boys, which is a power that Santa Claus apparently has. Oh, sweet. And is like, look whipping father (laughs) um tell you what let's be partners and uh let's put uh even though you haven't done any whipping so far let's put some whipping to good use and uh so bad boys and girls in france and belgium uh they get a whipping father shows up and just whips the shit out of them for christmas as but doesn't turn them into stew no, no, he doesn't kill him. He just whips the shit out of him because you know. Oh, okay. Santa Claus has, you know, some. He's got that shit down. He's like, no, no murdering. Oh, okay. Fuck him up, but <laughs> let's not put him in a stew or anything. I was like, you know, like was Santa like, you know, you need to tenderize this meat, man. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So it's basically the uh, France and Belgium's uh, version of Krampus, huh. but starting off with legit murder <laughs> and stew. And stew. Murder stew. Murder stew. So there you go. There's some there's some Christmas spookies. <laughs> Definitely some Christmas spookies. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And of course we come to the time where we gotta give shout outs to you know, some of uh, the people that we care about. One, Android Vision. Just Type that into your Facebook search, and you find them. You like horror movies? You like funnies? Exactly. Android Vision. Uh, The Bad Philosopher, if you want to get all thinkified Mm -hmm. and, you know, deep thinking about things. Right. We've got the Hardcore Archaeologist. That we do. Our good Indiana Jones friend. He's totally Indiana Jones. Check him out. He's only maybe three or four episodes deep, but it's good. It's real good. So for some more smart stuff, but you got Christmas parties, holiday parties, New Year's that you got to go to, mm-hmm. and you got to go get your hair done, dead. Mm-hmm. 
Got to go to Rocket Studio, mm-hmm. man. If you're in Albuquerque. If you're in Albuquerque, you got to go to Rocket Studio. Yep. Scarlett and her crew will hook you up like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. You'll be leaving there going all, damn, mm-hmm. I look good. Yep. So, and they do beards, too. It, they do do you beards. Your, you get your beard done there, and I'm like, damn, Shane. Yeah. Your beard looks like whoever uh-huh. whoever crafted that beard did it with love. They do. There you go. They do. I'm, it's the only place I trust my beard currently. Nice. So I hope you guys, whatever you're celebrate, whatever you believe in, whatever your deal is, I hope you have a great whatever that is. And uh, so we'll, we'll uh, talk to you guys after Christmas. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hope it's great. Hope you enjoyed this. Hopefully, the the stress of this time of year, uh, for whatever reason, that you have stress at this time of year, whether it's that you can't find that one toy that you need to get, yep. or you know, remembering somebody who's no longer with us, yep. that uh, you get through the stress, and yep. relax. Hopefully, you got a couple giggles out of this. Yep. And um, we'll see you coming up in the new year. So my name is Chris L. Dillon. And I'm Shane K. Whitty. We'll see you next time. Bye.